Last week, guys, we took a look at the instructions were given by the Apostle Peter to add or supplement our faith in Jesus with perseverance or stick to Like most everything else in this life of learning how to be a disciple of Jesus, it's pretty simple, but it is not necessarily easy. As a matter of fact, he says it won't be easy. Learning perseverance means you're going to have to be faced with some trials and times of testing. Living a life that seeks to pursue Jesus means that suffering is going to be a part of that journey. The old adage of no pain, no gain definitely holds true here. If the mindset you're bringing to your walk with Jesus is one of where you're faithful to Jesus as long as he meets your expectations for a life that's comfortable, blessed, and without any real hardships, then you are going to be sorely disappointed. That's not the gospel. That's crap. Peter tells us that suffering builds character, and that kind of character, one forged in the fires of trusting God in the midst of trouble, will soon be accompanied, if not already, by godliness. We're setting the table again. As we come close to closing out, I still need to know, can you smell what the rock's been cooking? We're going to talk about godliness today, guys. Welcome to Remarriage. Hey guys, welcome to the show and thank you as always for taking a few minutes out of your day to spend them with me. Today we're uh, we're wrapping up, we're getting close. We've only got another week after this of lessons with the rock apostle, the apostle Peter. This has been a great series just for me personally. I have enjoyed so much just doing the research, writing the content and spending this time with you. Plus, I get to do my best rock impression every week. I'm going to miss it when this is over. We're going to be talking about godliness today, and and I want to talk about what is that? You know, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and in today's over-politicized culture, the images of the Bible Belt just invokes this image of a bunch of ignorant, uneducated, simple-minded people who are all about God, guns, and country. Having traveled a lot in my lifetime, I can tell you that Southern hospitality is a real thing. And while we love the idea of God, we are mostly just about guns and country. Because our collective understanding of who God really is, is pretty poor. We still say the pledge to the flag, one nation under God. We still stand for the national anthem. We get misty-eyed and all goose-bumped up whenever we hear Lee Grinwood or somebody that sings really well croon God bless the USA. But the honest truth is, This nation is not a godly nation, and having in God we trust on the legal tender does not make that a reality. America just isn't a Christian nation anymore. Now, that's not meant to sound unpatriotic, just honest about where we are in this great experiment the Founding Fathers called the United States of America. There are countries all over the world where the kingdom of God is experiencing tremendous growth. And the inhabitants of those lands are far more loyal to the king than those of us who have the good fortune to live in a country where religious freedom is still a reality. Perhaps the freedom of religion those of us who have lived in the U.S. have enjoyed, coupled with a culturally acceptable idea of God, has blinded us to who Jesus really is. 
Maybe if we really understood who he is, we would all be on our faces right now crying out for forgiveness and mercy for how we have chosen to live our days, chosen to ignore his heart and abuse the good gifts he has given us. And I'm surrounded by good church folk who are as lost as last year's Easter egg. We honor God around here with our lips, but our hearts, they're far from him. Jesus, quoting the prophet Isaiah, who was quoting, well, actually quoting Jesus, <laughs> said this in Matthew fifteen eight: This people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Whew. Can we be honest with each other to say that we see this in ourselves and in those around us? When I was growing up, my concept of godliness was damaged by good, perhaps even well-meaning religious folk around here. My daddy used to call them Bible thumpers because they'd whipped out their leather-bound, personally embossed with gold letters on the front cover, copy of the King James Bible, and then proceed to beat us filthy sinners severely about the head and shoulders with the good book. They claimed they were operating in true godliness, in true holiness, and that the harshness that they showed others and the lack of anything seasoned with grace was for our own good and was meant to lead us to repentance. Hmm. Now, I'm sure these folks were operating in the best intentions and were simply doing what they had been taught to do by men and women who, quite honestly, lacked true godliness. They were operating in a devotion to what they thought reflected the heart of God and missed it by about 18 inches. That's the distance from a man's head to his heart. You see, godliness is a heart condition first. And when we have the right heart towards God, the thoughts that govern our actions will most assuredly reflect the attitude of godliness. Throughout our study of this letter from Peter, I've used several commentaries, and Michael Green's work on this letter has been fantastic. Peter uses a very specific, rare word for godliness. And the purpose, once again, is so that he can take a little theological jab at the teachers of Stoicism in his day. Green says this in his commentary. Godliness, or rather reverence, must be added. The word used here is Eusebia. It's rare in the New Testament, probably because it was the primary word for religion in popular pagan usage. The religious man of antiquity, both in Greek and Latin usage, was careful and correct in performing his duties both to gods and men. Perhaps Peter uses it here in deliberate contrast to the false teachers who were far from proper in their behavior both to God and their fellow man. Peter is at pains to emphasize that true knowledge of God, which they mistakenly boasted they possessed, manifests itself in reverence towards him, God, and respect towards men. There is no hint of religiosity here. Eusebia 
is a very practical awareness of God in every aspect of life. That's from Michael Green's commentary on 2 Peter and Jude. So what is godliness? It's a day-to-day practical awareness of God, an awareness of who He really is, an awareness that causes us to align all of ourselves, our words, our actions, thoughts, and daily lives in a way that shows reverence to God. That sort of practical awareness, if it's truly aligned with the heart of God, can't help but spill over into how we treat our fellow man. I mean, isn't this what the Ten Commandments teach? How to love God and love our neighbor? Isn't this what Jesus said was the two laws that everything else hung on? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor is yourself. That, my friends, is the essence of godliness. And it starts with a heightened awareness of who God really is. Proverbs 9.10 says, The beginning of wisdom is to fear or reverence the Lord, to Eusebia, the Lord, and acknowledge the Holy One. That's understanding. I love the Net Bible's notes on this passage, which says, The fear of the Lord is expressed in reverential submission to His will, the characteristic of true worship. The fear of the Lord is the foundation for wisdom and the discipline leading to wisdom. It is expressed in the hatred of evil and the avoidance of sin and results in a prolonged life. So Eusebia, you see, is a reverential submission to the will of God. And when we are focused on the practice of Eusebia, godliness, that leads us into wisdom. How the practice of Eusebia is expressed is in the hatred of evil and the avoidance of sin and love for our fellow man. So if we are to practice and in so doing add to our faith godliness, we have to bring the heart of reverent submission to God. We have to bring it into our daily practical lives, not our Sunday go-to-meeting lives, but our daily lives. Each day, We're called to live in an awareness of who He is and who He has made us to be in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. That sort of daily awareness and intentional focus of our hearts on Him then produces a life that just hates evil, avoids behavior that would dishonor our King and ourselves, and expresses in action and attitude love towards our fellow man. I'll leave you with this thought this week from another apostle, the Apostle Paul, and his comments on Eusebia, or godliness. The Apostle Paul wrote this to his son in the faith, Timothy, and gave him this instruction, 1 Timothy 4.8. He said, physical exercise has some value, but godliness, Eusebia, is valuable in every way. It holds promise for the present life, and for the life to come. Paul compares the practice of godliness or Eusebia with the daily training of the body and says, while daily training your physical body has some slight value, it cannot really be compared to the value found in the daily practice of training yourself in godliness. You want to add godliness to your faith? That requires intentional effort on your part, and it is not considered optional. Whether or not you train at the gym regularly may be optional. But if you're in Christ, 
a daily practice of training in godliness is not considered optional. It's an expectation and one we will all give an account for at some point in the near future. This is part of our mission as disciples of Jesus. Are you on mission? If not, maybe you aren't smelling what the rock's been cooking, and it's time to get you some this week. Until next week, guys, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless. You've been listening to the Reman Initiative. For more information, check out our website at www.experienceremand.com. There's a contact page there. Why don't you take some time to drop me a note and let me know what you thought of today's show. Or maybe you've got a question you'd like for me to dive into in a future episode. Let me know about that. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, why don't you give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes? It'll help us reach other men with what is intended to be a lifeline and a message of hope. Until next week, have a great day, guys. God bless. Thank you.